I want to share with you one of my favorite passages of scripture, Luke chapter 7. And I want you to ask yourself the question, how much do you love Jesus? So in this story, this is the middle of Jesus' ministry. He was traveling, he was doing miracles, he was sharing great teaching, and lots of people were responding and wanting to know more. So that's where we pick up this passage. One of the Pharisees, one of the religious leaders of the time, asked him to eat together. So he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. When we look at these words, we can confidently say that she was a significant sinner and probably even a prostitute. So when she learned that Jesus was reclining at the table of the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, probably very expensive, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed him with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, is the, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, answering him, said, so notice this Pharisee thought this in his, set, in his head, but then Jesus still answered him because he knew his heart. So he said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Uh, a denarii or denarii was, a, was about a day's worth of work. So a full day's labor. So one owed 500, which is almost two years worth of work. And the other owed 50, which is almost two months worth of work. So both big debts, but one much bigger than the other. So when they, when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said, uh, to, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. So these are things which would have been customary in Jesus' time that a guest in a house would have been, these things would have been done for them. But this Pharisee did not do these things for Jesus, but this woman did even far above and beyond what would have been customary, even though she wasn't even hosting him. So therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. This is why she loves me so much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So I absolutely love this story that this Pharisee, the religious ruler, was self-righteous and thought of himself very highly and had Jesus to his home, but didn't even extend to him the courtesy that you would normally do for a guest. But this woman, probably a prostitute, loved Jesus, knew his forgiveness, and came in 
and even anointed his feet with, with, with this uh, expensive oil and just worshipped him in this amazing way. I love this story, and I think there are so many things that we can pull from this and apply to our life. But let's say a few things first. So just to make clear, let's talk about mercy. So this is not receiving the punishment that we deserve. This is very similar to forgiveness. We deserve eternal punishment in hell for our sins, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we can be forgiven our sins. And above mercy is grace. This is receiving rewards that we don't deserve. In many ways, this is very similar to the concept of blessing. So not only... Do we receive God's mercy when we follow Christ? His forgiveness? We receive his grace. We get these unmerited favor. We get rewards that we don't deserve. We get to go. We get to share the message of God. We get to experience his love. We get to experience the joys and the wonder of being his followers. And we need to know that both mercy and grace are available to everyone who believes, trusts, and follows Jesus. So as we continue working on this, no one is so evil that they can't be saved. And no one is so good that they don't need God's forgiveness. Let's look at both of these, that no one is so evil that they can't be saved. For anyone who says, my sin is too evil to be forgiven, your view of sin is correct. God should not forgive you those sins. But your view of God's mercy and grace is far too low. God loves you so much, and he just graciously extends this favor, this mercy, and this grace to you for your benefit and for his own glory. Let's look at what Psalm 103 says. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For he, uh, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who revere him. So we deserve that punishment, but he has given us so much better than what we deserve. And we see so many examples of this throughout history. The apostle Paul actually persecuted and killed Christians. And then God miraculously saved him. And he became one of the leaders of the church. David in the Old Testament, committed a murder, committed adultery, and yet God forgave him and did great things through his kingdom. And even when we look through, the, through Christian history, some of the greatest followers of Christ had absolutely terrible pasts, they did terrible things, and yet God forgave them and did miraculous things through their life. So no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no sin is too bad, too evil, too wicked for God to be able to forgive you. But now let's look at the opposite, that there's no one so high, so good, that they don't need God's forgiveness. I love the example that Jesus shared uh, in Luke chapter 18. Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. He said, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the same type of religious leader from earlier, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. 
but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, departed justified before God. So God gives grace to the humble, and he, and he humbles those who are proud with themselves. We see this throughout scripture. I love this passage. So let's look at some of the things that we can use from this to apply to our life. So understanding and experiencing God's grace changes how we view the two most important aspects of life. So if you're asking what are the most important aspects of life and how am I going to make this claim? Well, let's look at the words of Jesus himself. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So when we look at this, there are the two greatest commands are to love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. Let's look a little bit more at both of these. So if you experience and know and love God's grace, then you will love and appreciate God. Let's look more. So if you are if you have self-righteousness, this leads to a lack of love and appreciation for God. And when we look further, once you have experienced God's grace, the things of this world will come will become smaller by comparison. When you realize how much God has forgiven you and you know that he has promised that you will spend eternity with him in heaven, when you have this in view, when you've experienced this, then everything all the difficulties, the trials, the temptations of this life, they all become smaller and smaller by comparison. I love an old hymn that describes this so clearly. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we've experienced this from God, everything else just pales in comparison. And so as we go, as the more you experience God's grace, you realize that God is enough, that you don't need those things of this world, that God is enough for you. God is enough for your family. And even that God is enough in your church that you don't need anything fancy. You don't need any of those gimmicks that just going to church to worship God is enough. The less a congregation understands God's mercy and grace, the more they need snacks and entertainment to stay around. Uh, and on top of this, we should go to church to worship, not to be entertained. We need to be fed spiritually more than we ever need to be fed physically. That's not to say that church should be boring, that there should be no entertainment. And of course, if people are hungry and, uh, and actually poor, the church absolutely should feed them and help them and get them those things that they need. But that shouldn't be the main reason why we go to a church, to be entertained and to have even our physical needs met, even through food. So along with this, the first commandment to love God is to love people. So when we experience and appreciate God's grace, we will love others. I love what Paul wrote to the Colossians. Make allowance for each other's faults 
and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So again, once we've experienced God's love and forgiveness, it's so much, and for how much he has forgiven us, it's so much easier for us to forgive and love those around us. This is true for believers, and it's also true even our relationship towards unbelievers. Often, the further you have wandered away from God, the more you appreciate being close to him and the more you want to share him with others. We have that burning passion that we have such a great experience knowing and loving Jesus that we can't help but to share him with a lost, lonely, and hurting world that needs him so much. When we, care, when we understand how much he cares for us, that translates to caring to those around us. So again, the, our, the main takeaway of this entire message is when we experience God's mercy and grace, it should overflow into the two most important areas of our life, loving God and loving people. I thank you so much for listening. I hope that this message was an encouragement for you. Please drop a comment, leave a message, let me know what you thought. And if you ever have any questions, please feel free to write. And uh, other than this, if you'd like to hear more about how to put your faith into practice, I hope you'll look at our other videos and like, subscribe, and follow this page because we have a lot more to share. God bless.